0: This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN.
1: It's so funny how commentary in sports works, right? So Ben Benintendi with two outs hit a ball to the wall. Gleyber Torres scores from first. The throw actually beat him to the plate, but the catcher just couldn't handle it. And the Yankees now lead 4-1. to one. So what do we say? That's what you call championship baseball aggressive base running, put pressure on the defense. It forced them to rush, and the Yankees took advantage, and now they lead by three. But if he gets gunned out, it's, see, sloppy baseball. This is why the Yankees won't win a championship. They can't get it done on the base paths. Always leaving outs out there. But Josh Donaldson connected on the solo shot. Andrew Benintendi. I believe it would be scored a an RBI double. He advanced to third on the throw. Yankees now lead four to one, looking to snap that five-game losing streak. The meanwhile, the Mets, winners of eight of their last ten, they now have the second best record in all of baseball. They are six games, six games back in the lost column of the Dodgers. They are seven games ahead in the NL East. That race is over. Jacob DeGrom, I mean, that was as good of a game as maybe you've ever seen him pitch, considering all the circumstances. He had not thrown at City Field in 13 months. 17 up, 17 down. Now, that the two-run shot maybe spoils it a little bit, but he, he was electric. 12 strikeouts. I mean, it just, it's just—watching it's this guy pitch, he, he is unbelievable unbelievable folks went crazy worrying about and spring training is he throwing too hard that's what he does if he's going to get hurt it's it's gonna happen now maybe as he as he gets older is he gonna learn how to pitch differently where he's not putting as much strain on his arm maybe but that's what he does part of why he is great is his ability to throw that hard with pinpoint accuracy. Hitters are guessing all game, and even if you know what's coming, you just can't hit this guy. 17 up, 17 down, no problem. Haven't pitched in city field in 13 months. Who cares? Braves, great offense, no issues. DeGrom and Scherzer, I mean, if you do have those two healthy, you can beat anybody. I'm not going to go crazy like Dave and say they should be the favorites. Over the Dodgers, who we know have championship pedigree, the Astros, who we know have championship pedigree, the Padres, who have improved, and I get they just got well, they just get swept in LA this past weekend, not a good look for them. But the Mets, yes, on paper they can get it done. I'm not going to make them the favorites yet. Way, way too early. I need to see them beat the Dodgers in the playoffs in order for me to actually believe it's going to happen. I need to see them beat Houston. And I still think the Yankees are better. I still think the Yankees are better. And you can call me biased. Maybe I am. But I still think the Yankees are better. How about this, though? Spencer Strider. uh, And this is courtesy of Bally Sports South. Uh, He had (laughs) this to say. So Spencer Strider uh, is a member of the Atlanta Braves. (laughs) Pitcher for the Atlanta Braves. And this is what he had to say on Bally Sports South about the Mets.
2: I think I speak for all of us when I say that we want to play them again. we got seven more games, all at Truist. So, you know, we'll have them down there next week and run it back and see what happens. And uh, like I said, you know, it's, it's August. So, like I said, you know, a lot of luck and weird hits. But um, that stuff doesn't necessarily lead to long-term success. So, you know, we're excited to play them again and try, try it one more time.
1: Sounds a little salty. I I think that this is the type of soundbite that's good for the sport. Like, you want to hear players and coaches be honest. You don't want to hear them hide behind politically correct answers. Be truthful. Have some integrity. Say how you feel. But you're salty. I don't know if, you know, you get lucky and win four of five games over the weekend. I mean, it's not like these were nail biters. Yesterday, DeGrom shut you down. Shut you down. You had no shot against him. Saturday night, Max Scherzer dominated you. No shot against him. So I, you're you're just salty. And I'm not even a Met fan, and I'm saying this. You're just salty. But I, I'm looking forward to watching these two teams square off the rest of the way. I mentioned on, on the show a couple of days ago. The Met, so the final six games of the season look like this for the Mets. They have three against Atlanta and three against Washington. Now, maybe those games aren't going to matter because the, the race will be over by then. They have a seven-game lead. But if it does matter, then how exciting is that going to be? Watching these two teams square off in a three-game series in the but the penultimate series of the regular season, and then potentially facing off in the playoffs. That'll be a lot of fun. As far as the Yankees are concerned, so they're up four-one. Jameson Taillon. I came across this stat, uh, courtesy of the Yes Network. So a lot is being made of the struggles, and you know, folks are panicking. I it, look. I'm not going to make excuses. They they can play better baseball. They're not this bad. Were they as good as they were in the first half of the season? Maybe not. Are they as bad as they are now? Absolutely not. It, 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 it happens. You you get you know, fatigue starts to set in. It's a long season. I'm not going to make excuses for them. They have to play better. If this is the brand of baseball that we're going to see in October, no shot to beat the Astros. No shot to beat the Astros. I just don't think it will be. I, I I think they'll be a much better team. And then we'll have to see these two teams square off. I, I, I the, the hope is that the Yankees will end with the best record in the American League. So games six and seven can be played at the stadium. But here is an encapsulation of what's gone wrong for this team. And they've played 109 games. So we can almost evenly split the statistics here. But the first 54 games, here was the Yankee rotation. Best ERA. Best home run per nine innings rate. Best at home run to fly ball rate. Since then, in those three categories, 23rd, 29th, and 27th, respectively. It's just falling apart at the seams, no pun intended. So the rotation just hasn't been good. The bullpen hasn't been good. And and, and Jacob, so you came across uh, one of the keys to (laughs) the the game – uh, with these the Yankees Mariners uh matchup tonight and, well, and you said you, you saw something interesting well I was uh at first at first glance because you know in in studio we don't have the volume up so one of the keys to the game was uh avoid the bullpen <laughs> I mean and I had to go back and rewind because uh, at first it seemed insane for a Yankees broadcast to say to tell the Yankees to avoid the bullpen but they were talking about
0: avoiding the Mariners bullpen. Oh, not okay. avoided the not Yankees avoiding bullpen. Your bullpen. But yeah. it would have
1: made sense because the Yankee bullpen has just been a mess lately. Listen, I wouldn't That's why I took it the way I took it. If, it. if the Yankees were playing a little bit better or playing how they were the first half, then you know, I would have just seen it as oh, the Mariners bullpen, not the Yankees. <laughs> now, I would have loved for that to have been the case. For the key to this game tonight for the Yankees is to avoid going to their own bullpen. And I gave you the stat 10 home runs, surrendered. Coming into tonight, Tyon has surrendered 10 home runs in his last eight games. For that guy to avoid the bullpen and that to be your key sounds like trouble to me. But it was to avoid the Mariners' bullpen. You want to have a lead and not be trailing late. And it looks like if things stay the way they are, the Yankees will be in that situation where they're not trailing late. Uh, On the football, so Mike Tannenbaum was on the Michael K. show earlier. And, you know, the expectation is for us to get, if we do see 17 games from Daniel Jones this year, for him to be the best version of himself. Why is that? Brian Daybo coming from Buffalo, turning Josh Allen, I mean, from what Josh Allen was in his first year to what he is now, that is a remarkable turn of events. This guy didn't even look like, and it wasn't just the turnovers for, for Josh Allen, it was the inaccuracy. and coming into the NFL, that was one of his impediments. just not being an accurate quarterback. But now he's completely turned it around to the point where he's in the MVP conversation. So if Dayball was able to do that with Josh Allen, and that's not to say that, you know, maybe Josh Allen was always, you know, rife to be what he is now. He's probably more talented than Daniel Jones. But if he's able to give you 50% of that conversion rate that he gave you with Josh Allen, then the Giants can be a fun team this year. They can be a fun team this year. But it's not just about Daniel Jones in this equation. Mike Tannenbaum is looking at another guy who could have a huge impact for the Giants.
0: I just think the difference is Brian Dayball. I think he's a difference maker. This is a guy that's going to come in. He's coached under great coaches before, and he is going to have a standard from day one, and I just think this team's going to play a lot better. Maybe Saquon Barkley, for those out there that are playing fantasy football, draft Barkley early because Dayball likes to get the ball to the backs. That's going to get Daniel Jones' completion percentage up. That's going to increase his confidence, and Barkley's dynamic.
1: Barkley being dynamic. If Barkley is going to be dynamic, then the Giants, I mean, that just completely changes the equation. It's like we, we he was in trade rumors. We've dismissed him because it's been so long since we've seen him be anything close to what he was that first year. Drafted in 2018, that first season for the Giants, 1,300 yards. 11 touchdowns. What an incredible start to a career that was for Saquon Barkley. Then the following season, 1,000 yards. But since then, he's been hit with injuries. 11 touchdowns his first season, 8 touchdowns his last three years. Hit with the injury bug. But another year removed from that ACL injury, could he be a difference maker? And if he is, then that's ultimately going to help Daniel Jones because the question at the end of the year will be, is Daniel Jones worthy of a second contract with the Giants? Didn't get his fifth-year option picked up. Is he worthy of getting that second contract? And if he is, that completely changes the blueprint for the Giants. It completely changes their timeline. If you have your quarterback and you have a legitimate running back with Brian Dable and, 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 and Joe Shane here, running things, running the operation, then your timeline's completely different. And the Cowboys and the Eagles are, to me, going to battle for that division crown, but can the Giants make it interesting late? And I thought about this earlier. When, when comparing the Jets and the Giants, there is a chance that the Jets are a year ahead of the Giants because the quarterback is in year two, the head coach is in year two, and the GM has, you know, had a couple years to to figure out this roster construction. So just on paper, the Jets may be a year ahead of the Giants. But there is a chance that even if the Jets are better than the Giants this year, the Giants may be pl- playing meaningful games later into the season. Just because you look at What the NFC is, the NFC East is more specifically, compared to what the AFC East is, the Jets have to overcome the Buffalo Bills, who are, to me, there's no question, they're going to win this division. They were a a play away from getting to the title game. They get to the title game. Who knows what happens? Josh Allen, being one of the best quarterbacks in the league, the Bills are a legitimate championship contender. They're going to win this division. As long as Bill Belichick is on the sidelines as a head coach of the New England Patriots, you can never count them out of it. Now, it's funny because you know, reports today of Mac Jones hasn't looked good in training camp. And usually that's not something you overreact to, but when you look at, you know, what's happening with their offensive play calling out there in New England. Matt, Patricia, Joe Judge, they have a name to no C. You've got three guys in his ear. That doesn't sound like uh, a situation deemed for success, but who knows what's going to happen. But you you still have to overcome the Patriots, and then the Dolphins trading for Tyreek Hill. Now that gives two another legitimate weapon. So it's a tough division for the Jets to be in. And then you have to look at the wild card situation in a wild card landscape. So many of the other teams and all the quarterbacks that you're going to have to be going up against just to get. Into the playoff picture. So there is a chance that the Jets could have a better season than the Giants. But the Giants be in it later. So we'll watch out for that. We'll take a break. Get to your phone calls. Kevin Durant we will get back to that conversation. Is it crazy for me to suggest that the Nets, if it comes down to it, have to part with Sean Marks and Steve Nash? As opposed to trading Kevin Durant. Is that crazy? Yankees leading 4-1. Runners on first and second with two outs in the top of the fourth inning. We'll get to your phone calls. Hit me up on Twitter at Butler right here on 98.7 ESPN.
0: You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight.
1: How about we go back to Citi Field and we hear from some of the Mets following a 5-1 win. Eight and two in their last ten games, red hot right now, coming off of that weekend four or five series win against the division rival Atlanta Braves. It was a big series for both teams. I would say bigger for the Mets, just because you have to win this division. The Braves have proven they can win a championship. The regular season, I'm not gonna say it doesn't matter, but it matters more for the Mets. You you can't blow a ten and a half game lead going to the playoffs as a team without real playoff success with this group and still feel great about going up against the likes of the Braves, the Dodgers, and the Padres. So it was a statement weekend for the Mets. They take 4-5, or and then tonight they didn't let their foot off the gas pedal. They went 5-1 to against the Reds. Here was Chris Bassett on how he was able to go to 114 pitches tonight. Eight innings, eight strikeouts, 114 pitches. Work your butt off.
2: <laughs> that, that's it. I mean, just don't slack in between starts. And just conditioning-wise, make sure you're ready to go. I mean, I, I want to go 115, 120 pitches every start, but Buck don't let me. So.
1: Do you ever think about how long you go in games? Everyone's
2: role is basically different in the aspect of kind of what they do. And my, my job's always that, to eat innings. It's not punch guys out or anything like that. It's just to eat innings. So... Not a different game plan today, but, yeah, just eat innings.
1: That Mets rotation is spooky, man. You know, we, we keep talking about Scherzer and DeGrom, and rightfully so, but Carrasco and Tywon Walker and Chris Bassett, I mean, it, it, it's been special to watch this group this year. All Everything seems like it's coming together. Guys are getting healthy. You just hope and pray DeGrom can stay on the mound. Because he is the ultimate variable. He He's got the injury history and right now everything's going well. He struck out 12 last uh, yesterday afternoon and that went over the Braves. But we've seen the injury bug bite him the last couple of years. The hope is just that he can stay healthy. If he stays on the mound, the Mets can beat anyone. I'm not gonna say they're the favorites, but they can beat anyone. Daniel Vogelback. Uh, Nice little acquisition at the deadline for the Mets, or prior to the deadline for the Mets, in that much-needed DH role. They were not really getting a lot of production out of that spot. Daniel Vogelback was on SNY with Michelle Margot following the game, talking about the challenges of the Mets' schedule and the effect that it has on this
0: team.
2: I mean, it's hard, but when you have goals that uh, we have to play as long as we want to play I think you just put your head down and you come to the park every day and you do what you have to do to win um, some days are going to be easier than others but the common goal is to win every day and some days are tougher but we just have to come together and keep playing together
1: now I just spoke about the rotation he weighed in on what has impressed him most about watching this starting staff
2: just the way they compete a lot of guys that have been really successful for a long time and I always say that's just not by coincidence or luck they work really hard and every time they're on the mound they feel like um, there's a presence to them and you want to get behind them and you want to play good to put runs on the board for those guys
1: and when you perform well especially in New York that is the, the quickest and easiest way to ingratiate yourself with not just the team but with the fans and everyone who supports you so, he was asked on the positive reception he has received so far.
2: I mean, anytime you come out and the energy every night in the stadium is the way it is, it makes you want to come to the ballpark. Knowing that the support we have behind them and uh, what we have ahead of them, uh, it's pretty fun and uh, it's special. And we have a lot of baseball to be played, but just game by game, keep doing what we're doing.
1: So, I put this poll on Twitter the other day at Ty D Butler. Uh, what qualifies as a successful season? for the Mets, and the, the four options were you know pretty straightforward. Is it that they have to get to the Division Series? Is that going to be a successful season for the Mets? Is it an NLC, NLC NLCS appearance, a World Series appearance, or title or bust? And the results came in as followed. 8% of the audience said an NLDS appearance. 46% which won the poll said you have to at the very least get to the NLCS. said the World Series. 19% said title or bust. Now think about that. Think about that. 92% of the audience went with, at the very least, you have to get to the National Championship Series. And compare that to where we were just a year ago. The Mets started the season off strong, but once the ground got hurt, it fell apart. And if you're a Met fan, you, you just keep waiting for that other shooter drop. But it feels like the 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 vibe and the tenor of this team has completely flipped. And it's not just Buck Showalter being the adult in the room. It's not just the, the brilliance that is you know Degrom and Scherzer atop the rotation. Lindor has been better. Pete Alonso's putting together an MVP type season. Edwin Diaz has been one of the best relievers in in baseball. It all seems to be coming together at the right time for the Mets, and this is not time for you to engage in you know house money because I heard I heard that with the Yankees in 2017 house money house money. It's it's so hard to win a championship that window does not stay open as long as you think you think it would. And this is not a young baseball team; it's a lot of older guys on this roster. And DeGrom says says he's going to opt out at the end of the year. I I would imagine the Mets are going to do everything in their power to keep him. But there are going to be some decisions that have to be made with this team. Be all in if you're a Mets fan. This does not happen often. It does not happen often. We'll get back to your phone calls. The Kevin Durant conversation coming up. Go until midnight right here on 98.7
0: ESPN. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight.
1: The first half, Yankees, 4-1 lead, door was closed. Second half, Yankees, 4-1 lead, Jameson Tyon on the mound, bases loaded, two outs for the Mariners, 3-2 pitch coming. And <laughs> if you're a Yankee fan, you just wait in angst. You hope for the best, but you expect the worst. So we'll, we'll update you and continue to keep you posted on this game. Yankees looking to snap a 5 game losing streak. Came into the day, same record as the Mets at 70-39, and 39, two teams going in different directions. Yankees can't stop losing. Mets just, all they do is win. Latest came tonight, 5-1 over the Reds. They will play again tomorrow night in Game 2 of this three-game set that concludes on Wednesday before they play a three-game series at home against the Phillies, and then they head to Atlanta 4-4 Game, so they'll see the Braves again, but uh, for all intents and purposes, to me at least, this division race is over. We go back to the phone lines and we talk to Buddha, who's in the Bronx right now. How the BX is looking right now, Buddha?
0: Yo, what's going on, baby bro? What's, what's up? How what's, you doing? I'm so comfortable calling you, baby bro. We're not on the Larry. What, what's up? <laughs> what's up in the
1: BX right now? Give me the give me the landscape. What's going on out there?
0: Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm working. I'm in the heights right now, to be honest with you. I'm just looking to get the hell out of here. It's like super high right now. The streets <laughs> is like absolutely dirty. You know what I mean? I
1: feel like, you, man. What's going
0: on? Good, What's up? Oh, uh, man. All right, listen. You know, I'm not an OG. Like, as you have reference to the uh, Saturday when you were closing out, you know, when you were talking to JP, I don't hate Steph. I I think Steph's great. You know, you know I don't hate Drake. I think Drake's great, too. Um, I don't, and I'm not one of the guys who feels like players should take nonsense from owners, you know, or franchises, especially those that don't want to win, you know, especially in the NFL, you know, you know, the contract is not guaranteed guys risk life and limb, you know, when they cut junior and brain open, you know, they found a roadmap to perdition. I mean, listen, I'm not on the owner side 99.9% out of the time. I'm really not. But you know, when I heard you talking about the KD stuff, you know, and it's funny because I was trying to get to the app, you know, because I'm at work. I'm up and down in this building. And um, when I went to put the app on, you know, my phone just disintegrated, man. Like, right at the time when you were talking about how um, Joe Psy should, you know, give in to what KD wants.
1: And, you witnessed um, this. Your phone, like, just imploded on itself.
0: Right then, right then, and there. Wow. right so, then, and there. it's your fault. But, it, you know but what I'm, I'm gonna keep it real with you. It's your fault. Bro. But it came, you know I mean?
1: you, it came back in time for you to make the phone call, which is more, most important.
0: Nah, actually, I'm using my wife's phone. Oh, man, she came down to pick okay. me up from work. You know oh. what I mean? My phone is dead. You destroyed. <laughs> it. You killed it. I gotta well, go to T-Mobile in the morning, man. We gotta work a couple of things out, man. I think I have some insurance on it. All right, so
1: let's but, um, so, so let's just go in order. What do you hate about it? All
0: right, listen. You know, all jokes aside, you know, and and like I said, like. You're a big KD fan. I know when we spoke a thousand times. I told you how much I love KD, and I told you like I remember when I first started speaking to you like two or three years ago. I felt like KD was better than LeBron at that point. When people were still, you know, you know, reticent to kind of admit that.
1: As did I. I and mean, the, re- I- the only reason why they didn't was because you know he was in 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 Oakland playing with Steph and Draymond and Clay, and then LeBron was by himself. Even though KD was hitting big shots in front of his in front of his grill. But yeah, go ahead, continue.
0: Yeah, but I mean, you know, you saw, actually, you saw it last year when, you know, when Harden had the strain groin and and, and um, Kyrie got hurt. I mean, he was a foot, he was a foot, what, like a, 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 a toenail away from, like, eliminating the Bucs? I mean, eliminating the Bucs, yep. He's a bad boy, and I will never tell you he's not. I will never tell you he's not. But what I do know, and I don't hate to lump him in with Kyrie, but between the two of them, they're kind of at a point in their careers where, for whatever reason, Kyrie might have did it on purpose, but KD, he, he misses a lot of games now, bro. He gets hurt a lot. He's he's at an age now where, you know, teams are going to use that against you in terms of a trade. And, you know, when I say this, and like I said, like I'm not against the players, you know, listen, I, these owners, I, if you were to ask me who I would identify with between a player and an owner, Aside from the fact that the players come from the neighborhoods I do and grew up and look like me and people I grew up with, aside from all of that, I have no—I never met a billionaire. I don't think I ever will. I, I, you know, I don't understand, you know, that that thought process of just straight cash all the time. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. What I'm saying is I'm gonna identify with the player. The player's a little man to me, but this is a watershed moment, bro. This is a watershed moment. And, you know, in terms of what the owners have to do, Cy cannot give in to anything KB wants at any point in time right now because the Harden Ben Simmons thing, I mean, Harden pushed himself out of two teams, you know, by doing behaviors, gaining weight, or whatever you want to call it, that, you know, was really kind of petty. You As a grown man, you'd be like, look, I'm just not playing here anymore. But the Ben Cinnamon is even worse. Like, there was no way to judge the trade in terms of because he didn't even play. Yes. You still haven't seen him on the court. You think these other owners, listen, an owner could be an individual. You know, an owner could be an individual. But the league and the ownership group is a collective. They're not going to allow side to give in to KD. That's why he's tweeting that stuff, bro. They're not going to do it. They're not going to do it.
1: I mean, it, the only thing is, what's the alternative? You can't, like, if you're not going to get the legitimate package you want for Durant that's going to net you all-star level players and picks, what are you trading him for? Like, you can't be for, like, I, I get it. Pride gets in the way. You don't, you don't want to feel like you have a player running your organization. But what are you getting? what are you getting for him? And what's the alternative?
0: You know what? There's really only one alternative, and the alternative is an A or B. Either he comes back and he plays, or he says, I'm not going to play. And which then which can we see doing him doing? doing like that, for
1: a guy who prides himself on, I just want to hoop, I just want to play basketball. He's 34. He's had a couple of significant injuries in his career. He's clearly on his back nine. He has to win another championship. Is he comfortable with just showing up and saying, listen, I'm not playing for you until you trade me?
0: I don't know if he is. If I was him, I wouldn't. What I'm saying is we're we're not talking about from his perspective. I'm talking about from the owner's perspective. The owner has one choice, and it's the A or B, like I said. Either you stick to your guns and let the chips fall where they may, or you give in to what he's he's asking for. I'm telling you they're not going to do it. They're not going to do it. They have, and it's not even. I don't even know if it's something that that side would want to do or not want to do. I don't think that he has full autonomy to make that decision. A lot of times we look at people, especially rich, powerful people, and we're like, you know what, this guy can do whatever he wants and say whatever. They, every group of peers have a group of peers that they have to answer to? You understand what I'm saying? He can't just. He cannot trade him for you know 25 cents on the dollar. He can't do it. These people have spoke about this, guy. This is not something like he's just thinking about on his own. He's had phone calls from all those other owners of those teams. That's the reason he put that tweet out. He's standing firm. He's telling you what he's going to do. It's not even about what we think he's going to do. He's telling you right then and there. Either you're going to play, you know, or we're going to get the trade that we want for you, or you're going to sit out. And as you referenced, at his age, that sitting out and not playing, nah. that
1: won't benefit him. It's not good for him. Always appreciate the love, bud Appreciate you, you checking in. And the tweet he's referring to, Josiah, three hours ago, said, our front office and coaching staff have my support. We will make decisions in the best interest of the Brooklyn Nets. Now, there's a couple of different ways you could read that best interest of the Brooklyn Nets. What does that that exactly mean? Is it we're going to trade Durant because we're not in the business of compromising our front office and our authority here to please a player? Or is it we're just going to wait to see if we get the trade that we want, we execute it, and if not, if Durant doesn't want this guy, uh, doesn't want Sean Marks and Steve Nash here, then we got to get rid of him. But watching this unfold, I, if you are not a Brooklyn Nets fan, it's a movie. It's a movie, and as someone, as someone who who supports Durant, I want to see him win. I'm just shocked about how he's handled everything since the Nets got swept by the Celtics in the playoffs because this is a guy who clearly clearly values his public image and his reputation. And if that's true, publicly requesting a trade is an indictment of you. Because everyone is everyone has a quick trigger on criticizing Durant. They hated to the move to Golden State. They did not want to see him leave the team that where he just blew a 3-1 lead and joined the team that beat him. Especially when you're going to play with Steph Curry, Draymond Green, and Klay Thompson. No one wanted to see that. And while he was there, they decided nothing he did was going to count. So now he comes to Brooklyn, and he's got a, 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 a brand new opportunity to repair and rehab his image. But then you get the Kenny Atkinson firing, you get the you know what people would say, not holding Kyrie Irving accountable. You get what's happening now with the trade request, and now you're saying you're 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 trying to force out the GM and the head coach, a head coach that they ran by you, from all accounts. How would they hire Steve Nash without running it by you? So I understand people who want to criticize him. I get it because this is not, uh, I don't think he should have handled it this way. I think you come into next season with a fully engaged and locked in Kyrie, Ben Simmons, and that roster with Warren and and Joe Harris back from injury. I saw what you guys were able to do two years ago when you were healthy. And now Harden is not a part of the, of the equation anymore but even when it was just you and Kyrie Irving, you went up 2-0 on the Bucks. I saw the potential. I saw what you guys were capable capable of doing. Going into next season, run it back, see what happens. And if it doesn't work out, then you can ultimately decide, listen, this is not working out for me. I've got aspirations of better employment. There are greener pastures. That's all I'm saying. To handle it like this is just so surprising to me. As Gleyber Torres hits one to the wall, and Donaldson got a bad beat on it. I, I don't know how he didn't score, but the Yankees are now set up beautifully with runners on second and third, and nobody out in the top of the f- uh, fifth inning, leading 4-2. I'm surprised at how KD has handled this. I'm, I'm shocked. My only stance is just, if you're the Nets, I don't, I don't see that there's an alternative To this conundrum that you have, that doesn't include you just succumbing to Katie's desires.
0: This is the Ty Butler Show on
1: 98.7 ESPN.